Let's just turn together, just for a few moments, to God's Word together. Tonight, I, I want to share, my title and theme is Success in Three Seconds. So then Annette said to me, is that as long as you're going to speak tonight then, Adrian? You know, as quick as that. But success in three seconds. I'll speak for a bit longer than three seconds, but not too long, so that we'll finish at a decent um, time for you all. But what is success? What is success? For some people, it's being another person. And so we say things like this, or if I had the wealth of the now Mark Zuckerberg, you know, the guy who founded Facebook, they reckon now he's worth $20 billion dollars quite a lot of money, isn't it? Facebook floated at about $104 billion. And they reckon these could be you know, with shares and all that sort of thing. It's fluctuating, going up and down. So you might say, I wish I had the wealth. That, I'd be successful. Perhaps it, for others, it's the, it's, it'd be the physique of, well, he's getting a bit older now, but the physique of Arnold Schwarzenegger or the, the body and outlook of Cindy Crawford, perhaps, I don't know. Um, the intelligence of Albert Einstein the athletic ability of uh, a guy called Usain Bolt, who um, ran 100 meters at the Beijing Olympics in 9.69 seconds. Uh, perhaps it's the business prowess of, you're fired. <laughs> Lord Alan Sugar, could it be? Um, or maybe it's the imagination, if only I had the imagination of Walt Disney, the creator of Disney World, and all the amazing things. Perhaps it might be, I wish I had the heart of Mother Teresa. You know, we wish sometimes, success is, we wish our, that we were somebody else. And it means that I could never be as successful as them. I, could, I would have to have all of that. And I can never really achieve that. Maybe, for you, success, we've been talking about it, uh, Facebook and the, the flotation, which is just funny money. It's monopoly money almost, when I look at it. But um, for some, it's wealth. Interestingly, though, a man called John D. Rockefeller, who you know, back in the early 1920s. So this is pre, you know, the dot-com bubble, as it were. He became like the world's first, you know, billionaire. And he was worth many billions a long, long time ago with oil and and all that sort of stuff. But um, he was so rich that during his lifetime, he he was able to give away over $350 million dollars. He gave away a lot of money, but then he sat on a lot of money, billions and billions of dollars. Um, and he was once asked by a reporter, uh, Mr. Rockefeller, what does it take to satisfy you? You know, what does it take to satisfy you in life? And uh, he said, just a little bit more. Just a little, the richest man in the world at that time gave away over $350 million. He said, always a little bit. More. So maybe wealth, although it would be great to be wealthy, I'm sure we'd all say that, but is it really success? For others, it's um, significant or worthwhile possessions or purchases. So it's the new car that you've always wanted, uh, or uh, the new phone that you're just waiting for now that you've just got out of contract, and I'm just about to get out of my two-year contract, and I'm waiting for my new phone, perhaps. Uh, or it's that house or that holiday. But when you've got it, when you've achieved it, you're then looking on to the next thing. That's how Apple make their money. They sell you the latest, whatever it is, and then they bring out a new one that's just that little bit better. It's so clever. It's so amazingly clever. And so perhaps possessions um, aren't necessarily the answer that make us successful. Um, 
one of the most successful athletes, we had a great, it was a sports quiz last night, and it was great fun, it was really good, and um, you know, with the Olympics coming up in our, 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 our country, um, a sporting thought, a sporting success for you. How about this, a guy called Usain Bolt, he, at the Beijing Olympics, broke the world, broke the world record for the 100 metres, and he won the 100 metres gold, running a stunning 9.69 seconds. Success was un- in under 10 seconds. I'm going to share success in three seconds, so we're going to beat him on that one, all right? But that's pretty amazing, 9.69 seconds. You wouldn't believe it, looking at me now, but when I was a bit younger and uh, school and running in athletics, I did 100 metres in um, 11, which is not that brilliant, really, when you consider Usain Bolt, 9.69, 11.45 seconds. It's not bad, actually, is it? It's quite good. It's not on record. I don't have a certificate. You've got to take my word for it. But it, roughly 11.45, 11.46, something like that. And I had some friends that were much quicker uh, uh, than, than me at the time. So it was stunning, amazing success. Um, but so but what we're going to look at tonight is success in three seconds, not the quick dash. Now, you know there's a catch, obviously, because it's not going to be as quick as that, is it? But uh, it sounds good anyway, so it sounds all right. But um, it's not going to be the quick dash that you might think that it sounds like, um, more like a heart commitment to a God walk. A heart commitment to a God walk, a God life, a life in God. And there are three things that I just want to look at in three seconds. That's what we're going to look at. A commitment to a God walk. You know, for some of us, uh, success is about winning. For Usain Bolt, nothing but gold. The trouble with that is, um, you'll get winners, but you also have to be a loser. The big L, loser, you know. And that, you know, some, you probably get offended now, I've called you that, haven't you? <laughs> but um, with winners, there's always a loser. And uh, so now I've come to think of success, yes, of winning, uh, but, it's all, but success is also losing. There's the ups of life and the downside of life, because that's life. And you can be successful winning and losing. But if life is just about winning, 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 then when you lose, you are a loser, you're not successful. So I think life is far more than that. Success is far more than that. Life is about winning and losing. It's the upside of life and the downside of life. And being a Christian means that there will be high moments in life. And also, as Annette was sharing, there will be some down moments in our lives. There will be some difficult moments in our lives. And yet you can still be a success in the eyes of God and on the face of this planet What is then success? Life does have its ups and downs, its winning and losing. Success is both winning and losing. It's standing and being all that you can be. It's standing and being all that you can be in God. Success will mean that I'll win and I'll lose, but success should be, I would say, believed, defined as standing and being all that you can be. If you can stand and be all that you can be, through the high points and the low points in life, when you've gone through good times and some bad times. If a church can go through hard times, and Net talked about hard times, good times, and yet we still stand and be the people that we could be, then that is success 
But if we can do, and I, I add to that, standing and being all that I can be in God. The way that God the Father intended me to be. Our creator intended us to be. God created you and he's created me. He's created all the human beings on this planet. He created the world, the universe and everything in it. And he knows how it ticks and he knows how it works. And so if I, through all the highs and the lows and the challenges, the good times and the difficulties, if I can stand and be all that God, get this, this is success. Because as I've come to understand this, I can lose sometimes but still be successful if I'm standing and doing what God wants me and you to do. Not easy when your world is shaken. It's not easy when your heart is breaking. But, and we're going to look at how we can do that. Three seconds. Three seconds to success. Success is living a life in and for all that you and I can be in God. I'll say that again. I believe you can disagree with me if you want, and that's your prerogative, and you, that's what you can do. But I believe success is living a life in and for all that you and I can be in God. In other words, I live for God. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to live. I'm going to live for God. Through its highs and its lows, but living as God intended. In other words, through the highs and lows of life, I want to live as God has intended me, you, I, our organization, the company that I'm in, you know, the church. I want to live as God intended me. Why? Why? Because God's, I want to say to you, got good intentions for you and me. Great intentions. Why? The Bible says to us in John chapter 3 verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God's intention for the universe, for you, me, humankind, each one of us, is good. Good intention. So therefore, I want to live as he intended me to be. And that is success. I put to you, that is success. Three seconds then. The first second is this. God is the God of the second chance. Second chance. Turn to the book of Jonah, chapter 3, verse 1. We're going to move on swiftly. God is a God. There's a second chance. There's always a second chance in God. This is the amazing revelation that God shares uh, with you and I. In Jonah chapter 3 and verse 1, we read these words. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the city of Nineveh. Jonah chapter 3. Verse 1. The word of God came to Jonah a second time. Why did it have to come to Jonah a second time? Because the first time when God spoke to Jonah, he said, I can't do that, I won't do that, and he went the opposite direction. And the Bible tells us that he was scared to go to the city of Nineveh because the Ninevites were a ruthless people and he didn't think that they should have any kindness and grace and forgiveness upon them because they were a ruthless people. And so he said, God, I can't go there. They'll probably kill me too. I'm not going to do that. And so he runs away. And so the story goes, he gets lost at sea and a large fish, the Bible says, spits him or spews him out. And then we come to the story. It says, and God spoke to Jonah a second time. God is a God of a second chance. You can be, do you know, if you blow it, if you make a mistake, if life beats you up, there's always another day. I know the old song goes, the sun will come out tomorrow. But in God, there is 
another day. There's another opportunity. There's another time. And God is a God of second chance. You know, you're not a loser. The future, in God, there's always another day. In God, there is always another day. I know it might look bleak right now. I know it might look difficult right now. I know you might be challenged. I know we might be shaken. Believe you, there have been times in my life when I've been challenged and shaken. But God comes another time. Have you blown it? Are you tired? Are you beaten up? Are you heartbroken? Then come back to God. My thing would always be, I try to learn from my mistakes. The amazing thing is this. When Adam and Eve fell in the Garden of Eden and uh, turned their back on God, God gives mankind a second chance through his one and only son, the Lord Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world. You know, the first step for you and I is to lay hold of that second chance. So tonight, is there anyone perhaps here tonight where you need to say, God, I want to give my life to you. I want to live for you. I've said, you know, reading a Bible is a great thing. It's good if you read your Bible, well done. Coming to church is a great thing. If you come to church, fantastic, well done. Living a life that you try to be good, that's fantastic, well done. But what we need is that second hand, that second chance. And it's through the Lord Jesus Christ, acknowledging him as the son and saviour of the world. So you may be here tonight and you need that relationship with God for the very first time. The Bible says, repent, turn your life around, turn towards God and say, I want to live for God. Renounce, turn aside from anything that is not right and give your heart to God. Receive the forgiveness of his one and only son. But I would say that same process of repent, renounce, receive is for each one of us. If we feel heartbroken, if we feel that life's beaten us up, is come to God again. Come to God again, because God is the God of second chance. If we think that it's not going well, if we think that life has beaten us, this is, this is a step to success. Living as God intended is to lay hold of God's second chance. First second. This, the second second. <laughs> Don't be afraid of second place. Usain Bolt wouldn't accept second place. But I've sometimes understood. I'll explain what I mean. It doesn't mean that, you know, I do realize that we say that we're to be the head, not the tail. There's the blessing of God, you know. And I, I totally agree with that. I receive that. And I, I, I lay hold of that for my life. But there's something about being second place. Well, you say, well what do you mean by that? In Matthew, um, there's a principle of the second place. Have a look at this. And then I'll explain what I mean in a moment or two. And embracing, as we embrace the second chance, don't be afraid of the second being second place. Uh, Matthew chapter 20. I, time doesn't permit us to read the whole of chapter, chapter tw- the, the beginning of chapter 20, but it's verse 16 that I want to take hold of. But um, look at verse 16. Matthew 20 verse 16 reads like this. So the last will be first and the first will be last. The last will be first and the first will be last. Jesus is speaking about a story where um, people come and those that arrive early get a certain wage and those that come later on, um, come second after those that arrive early, get an even better wage. And you think to yourself, that's not fair. So those that arrived early start saying, that's not fair, that's not fair, that's not fair, that's not right, that's not right. And Jesus is saying, well look, 
you know, the master can give what he likes. Stop whinging. That's the gist of the story. That's the gist of the story. And then he says this. And it's a bit of a spurious statement. You think, wow, this doesn't seem to make sense. The last will be first and the first will be last. That's not fair. That's not fair. That doesn't seem to be right were the whingers that were going on and on and on and on. But he's really speaking of a principle there of, and the rest of the Bible, and I'll show that in a moment or two, of wanting the best for others and preferring and honoring others more than yourself. And so the whingers that were there saying, this isn't right, that's not right, at face value think that's not right, it's not wrong, that's wrong, it's not right. But he's basically saying, hang on, in the kingdom of God, it's, all, it's, it's not what the way you think and the way man thinks. And, and um, stop whinging and, and whining and worrying because God can give, blesses all. And he then says, you know, honor others, let them be blessed. In Philippians chapter 2, just to prove that point, so he, he, he sort of brings that teaching uh, uh, there. But in Philippians chapter 2, just to, so we don't try and take it out of context and build something, you'll see the same principle. Look at this. And then John 13, you'll see the same principle of this idea of being second, as it were. And uh, so Philippians chapter 2, just want to just um, build a case for that for a moment or two. Look at this. In Philippians 2, verse 3, it says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. It's a similar principle. It's a similar principle there. And then he goes on to say, each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Jesus Christ, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be held onto or grasped or snatched at. He shares the same principle. The, uh, the principle of Matthew 20, verse 16, about first being last and the last being first, is this idea of wanting, don't worry, you shouldn't be whinging about this, Jesus. Honor, the, let others be blessed. In, rejoice that others are even being better than you. In other words, you can take a, if you're taking a back seat, bless those that are taking a front seat. He said, That's the, it's an attitude. It's an attitude of spirit, preferring and honoring others over and above ourselves. Look at this. Now, to prove a point, so Paul, the apostle, teaches that principle. Jesus spoke that in the Gospels. Let's come back to the Gospels again and look at the actions of Jesus. So Jesus taught that. Paul endorses that. Same sort of principle. We haven't got time to unpack it completely, but it's the same attitude. Didn't want to hold on to, but prefer and honor others more than yourself. Look at John chapter 13. Same principle again. And Jesus does something quite amazing. He models the principle He speaks about it, but now he acts upon it. John 13, it's where Jesus washes the disciples' feet. And in that passage, I haven't got time to expound upon it, but in the passage, the master becomes the servant. He takes second place. The man who should stand above comes and washes and kneels at their feet. It's this principle of honoring and preferring others more than ourselves. Rejoicing. It's an attitude. It's our spirit. It's a heart that honors and prefers and wants others. This attitude displayed as Jesus washed the disciples' feet. You know, there's nothing like being in a, a place where people are honoring and preferring others more than themselves. You might say, well, if I do that, What's going to happen to me? But if we all do that, it means that we all end up being honoured and preferred. It's amazing. It's a climate for success. 
of living the way, a community of people living the way that God intended. It's radical stuff. This is why it's no quick fix. It's not a quick dash. It's a way of life by the power of the Holy Spirit. So, second chance, second place, third, second, and final. Second wind, when you get a stitch. You know when you're running, you get a stitch, and it says that the runner, sticking with the, the sort of athletics or the sporty metaphor, when we're looking, thinking of the Olympics in our nation, the second, second wind. Um, when the runner runs, a runner has to run and they get a stitch and they get pain before they get a second wind, which is a second sense of energy. Um, they run through a sense of pain. Uh, if ever you've done jogging or running, and uh, you'll know what I mean, um, there, there comes a point where you think, oh dear me, I'm going to have to stop for a minute. You might slow down a bit, but they, they encourage you to keep running so that you can, and then you, get a, you seem to then run with a new sense of vigor. This is what this idea of the second wind. You know, to Joshua, God said, be strong and very courageous. Because it's going to get tough at times. To the church in trouble, Paul, writing to the Ephesians, says, and having done all, stand. When it gets tough. You know, there's the law of it being too hard. It hurts. It's too much. It's too difficult. I can't go on. Uh, there's no way. I, I, it's time. Uh, I'm out of this. I'm out of here. It, I can't do this anymore. And there will come those times in our lives. You know, it comes to, in some it's their marriage. And for others, it's your work. For, for others, it will be the um, place of worship. For others, it, it might be in a friendship. Or, or I, you know, it, it could be in finances. It could be, um, I, you know, many, many things. There comes a point in life when it gets tough. When it's, it's Andrew uh, was speaking last week about having a sense of sticking, not, not running away, and sticking and going through. And he was speaking about this last week, wasn't he? When he was sharing. There's something about um, finding and running through the pain barrier. You know, run through the pain to find. There, but there is that place of the second sense of wind, the second wind, the second sense of energy. Having done all stand, says the apostle, be strong and very courageous. So, it, it, you know, it's amazing. We read those words and think, oh, courage. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, his example, says, Father, if you could take this cup from me, yet not my will, your will be done. That's the power of the second wind. Finding the second wind. It's at that, he went to the cross. When he went to the cross, he died. And from when he died, he was rose again. Power of the second wind. If you could take this cup from me. You know, the pain barrier, it's hard, it's too hard. But that's the difference between the human and heavenly strength. That's the difference between, in this human realm, having earth, um, um, in, this, in this earthly realm, having heavenly intervention. It's the law of the second wind. And you know, and in life, that's the difference between, that I believe is success, is the power of the second wind. If we were to understand from this and practice, lay hold of the second chance, have an attitude, not to be this attitude of, of preferring and honoring others above ourselves, the second place. And if we were to take seriously, what does it say? Uh, there used to be a song, was it, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. In life today, it's, don't like that anymore. 
throw that away. It's a throwaway society that we're now in. Three seconds to success. Let's pray together. I don't know where you're at right now as we conclude and finish right now. Maybe for you, maybe for you, it feels that you need second chance. But God is a God of second chance. Perhaps for you, it's painful. God is a God of the second wind. Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight knowing and but wanting to believe, believing but wanting to believe as well, in standing in faith that you are indeed an amazing God, your creator, your father, your good. And we come to you and say thank you that you're the God of second chance. Oh, where would I be but for your grace? But for your grace. You're more, you, give, you give and forgive again and again and again and again. All you do, you ask that we come to you. You're the God of second chance. You're the God of second wind. When it hurts, when it hurts, when it hurts, be strong. Having done all, stand. You're the God who gives strength in the midst of my challenge and difficulty. I pray tonight, Lord God, where there are people who are hurting, heartbroken, going through challenge, going perhaps through the valley of the shadow right now, in house or home, family, relationship. I don't know what it might be. Would you come, Lord, and give a second chance? Would you come, Lord, God? Would you come and give a sense of strength and courage and hope and determination and empower and stand beside and with us right now, where I ask? Come, Lord Jesus. We pray. I pray that the atmosphere in this place be an atmosphere for success so that we can live as you intended. That success, to live as God intended, having done all, to live as you've intended us to be. I pray that Oasis Christian Centre be a place where we're able to live as you've intended us to live. That success, that there be no hindrances, no stumbling blocks, no containment over in us and through us and in us and with us, that we might live as you have intended us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.